it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Woo. Let's go. Y'all need to sit back, listen, enjoy the vibe. Tip something, light it up, enjoy the ride. Cause the Sports City Chefs is on the night. In the kitchen cooking up, they on the ride. Sports City, Sports City Chefs. tacos we're here to talk about baseball lots of good stuff going on in the major leagues and I'll, as always alongside i got nate law from uh the east coast what's up nate how you doing man i am doing just fine mike good to be on again this week good to be talking baseball looking forward to holding it down with you and everybody else out there tonight from nine o'clock till ten o'clock but if you're going to join us in this conversation, you do need to call us. Your phone number, 929-477-2759. Give us a shout. Join Mike and I. Let's talk some baseball. Let's do it. Call in. Talk about whatever team you want. Just jump in. Uh, we're happy to host conversations. And, uh, and uh, you know, whether we agree with you or not, it'll be fun to kind of chop it up as to why or why not. Good times. So, Nate, we're missing a shout-out to Dave really quickly. Um, he's getting busy at work on Tuesday nights and said he had some things coming up, but uh, he's as big a part or, or, of this show as any of us. And so, uh, shout-out to Dave. Hopefully, he'll get a chance to to stop and listen to us at some point and hear what we got going on because we're going to start talking about his team in a few minutes. But before we get into any of that, Really quick shout-out to all the other chefs. And then also to PHI Apparel. Uh, any of you that are Philly fans or know anybody that are Philly fans, even the ones that throw snowballs at Santa Claus, listen, um, PHI Apparel makes all kinds of uh, clothing for all the Philly sports teams. Uh, the Phillies have surged since they fired Joe Girardi. A lot of people are excited about what the Eagles have coming up this year. Um, so you got lots of uh, teams in Philly, including the Flyers and the Sixers and whatnot. So uh, they have custom designs, sleek looks, uh, and you can find all of this on phiapparel.co. Phiapparel.co. Use the promo code SHIFT at checkout for a 15% discount. We really appreciate them uh, sponsoring what we're doing. We appreciate Blog Talk Radio and all the other chefs. 
Timeless TP, the head honcho. He and I do the brunch on uh, Sunday mornings. Also, Sirius Simmons, uh, Barry, the villain, Jordan, uh, Controversy, who's around sometimes. Of course, these two guys here with me uh, today. And our buddy Eric out on the uh, on the West Coast. So, I think I included all the chefs. So, I'm going to uh, step back and let Nate lead off and start on uh, whatever he wants. There you go, Nate. I'm not putting you on the spot or anything, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely not. Another another great week of baseball since last we talked. Uh, you know, obviously I pay, I'm very tapped into one team in particular who's not very good, and right now they are currently losing 2 nothing to the Washington Nationals in the seventh inning, and I'm still trying to figure out how exactly that is happening. But – this is not a Baltimore sports talk show. This is a Major League Baseball talk show. So, really, where we need to start is we need to start with the two best teams in baseball. And, no, we are no longer discussing the L.A. Dodgers when we have that conversation. We're talking about the Yankees and the Mets. And the Yankees, who just Shout seemingly out to Dave cannot and lose. both Yankees fans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so, you know, so, we got the I Yankees who just cannot night. lose. You got the Mets. Yeah, go for it. No, I saw something last night. The Yankees won yesterday, and that put them at 50 and 17. They're the first team in the majors to win 50 games. They did it in 67. This is an unreal, unbelievable pace uh, that these guys are on right now. They're on pace to win about 120 games. I mean, we know that's not going to happen. But – what I read was there's only been six teams in history that have won 50 games this soon in a season. Five of the six went on to win the World Series. So this year it'll be five out of seven. Um, sorry, Dave, Barry, Sirius, all you guys. They're not going to win the World Series. Uh, I could definitely be wrong, but listen, since 1996, I always root for the Yankees to lose against everybody. Uh uh, that has not happened as much this year, but hopefully it will happen in October. And I can uh, we can have a big show where all of our chefs who are Yankees fans can come on here and rant and rave about how they told us that they should have done more in the offseason and blah, 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 and just disregard this great start. But I digress just to go back and say, man, what these guys are doing this year is absolutely – Unbelievable, and I I think Nate, if we kind of stop and think about it, there's at least a couple of things that each of us can kind of point to that we're surprised by or impressed by with this team, uh, because they've done a lot of things really well, right? Like, um, and we could probably trade them off, but I'm going to start with the and and then you go wherever you want to next, and even echo or highlight individual guys. But with the Yankees, I'm going to start with that starting pitching. This is what they hoped they would get out of Jamison Payon when they got him, but this is every bit as good or even better than they would have expected him to be. Uh, He's always had the stuff, but injuries and health concerns and whatever else has caused him to miss chunks of time this year. So not this year, but in his career. Uh, But this year he's been back and healthy. you know, the uh, the Orioles and all their plethora of pitching decided to let go of Nestor Cortez, and he has uh, found a way to uh, to learn to pitch. And, and, and he's not blowing people away, but he is uh, throwing the ball filthy. Jordan Montgomery has pitched well. Uh, Garrett Cole has been Garrett Cole, minus a couple starts. He's been very good this year. Uh, and I'm missing the fifth guy uh, right now, but this Yankees rotation. I think they've they've gotten way more than they ever could have expected uh, out of that rotation. So, Nate, I'm going to throw it to you if you've got anything on that. And then if you want to hit another component of this team or anything else you want to hit next, and then uh, I'll yield the floor for a minute and and hear your comments, sir. you got to – you really got to turn that knife with the Nestor Cortez. He is the one – he's a pitcher that just – you know, there are some guys when they're on your roster and they they fail, you're never rooting for anybody to not do well, but there are other guys that, you know, when they leave the roster, 
it's annoying when they had success because they were just so bad with your team. Mr. Cortez, when he was in Baltimore, he barely made it out of spring training. There was all this talk about, oh, well, he's got this great spin rate. He's got this great spin rate. That's fine. His spin rate doesn't leave the middle of the plate. He hit, he got hit so hard down in Sarasota and Tampa and all over the Grapefruit League that it, he might as well have been a batting practice pitcher. So the Orioles give him back to the Yankees. The Yankees didn't even want him back. They they didn't even put him up in the majors. They let him go out to Seattle where he again got pounded and knocked around. But now he's up here. He's at the majors and succeeding. Good for him. You know, sometimes guys just take a while to figure it out. But it is really, really annoying from an Oriole perspective to see it. But what's more annoying is the number of Oriole fans that I talk to, they're like, why did we let this guy go? It's like, well, just go back and look at what he did when he was here. That's why you let him go, because he wasn't a major league pitcher. But, you know, you got to give credit to him. Like you said, nobody has – very few teams have ever been able to do what the Yankees are doing. I'm, I'm going to throw out a little bit of – I guess it's half an asterisk, because, you know, you got to – you can only play the schedule that you're given. You got to beat the people that are in front of you. They can't do anything about the schedule. But they've played 57 games. They've only played 29 games against teams that are over 500. For comparison's sake, tonight marks the Orioles' 69th game. Of their 69 games, 47 of them have been against teams with records 500 or better. And the, and the Orioles are 21 and 26. Now, yeah, the Yankees, they've only played 29 games against teams over 500, meaning more than half their schedule has been played against bad baseball teams, including 14 against the division cellar dwellers in Baltimore. But the Yankees have beaten Baltimore four those times. They played Baltimore 14 times. Out of the 18 games they wow. played, out of the 18 games on the schedule, they played 14 of them. Thanks a lot, Major League Baseball scheduling guys. Who let, who thought that was a good idea? But uh, I mean, the the Yankees they are 21 and eight against teams that are over 500. So even you know, even if you want to knock them for, oh well, they've won 50 games, but they haven't really played anybody. Yeah, but when they have played people, they've beaten the crap out of them. They're 21 and eight. They're like. Everything about them is outstanding. They've got a one plus one forty five run differential, which, as I give a quick scan here, yes, suspicion is confirmed. They have the best run differential in all of baseball, and it's not even close. The next closest, the next closest run differential would be the LA Dodgers, but they're still forty one runs worse than the Yankees. In terms of overall runs scored versus runs allowed, it's I mean I guess staggering is the only word that you can really use for it. There's they every game that they go out there, you just kind of wonder how are they like how are they going to win? Not how are they going to lose? Like there are some teams out there like Oakland or Pittsburgh or Baltimore or Washington, Kansas City. Some of these bad teams you watch them playing, you're like, okay, what are they going to do today? that's going to be laughable, and how are they going to lose? Or when the Angels were in the middle of their losing streak, how are the Angels going to manage to lose to keep this losing streak going? With the Yankees, it's the exact opposite. You just – every time somebody in their lineup comes up, it's like, oh, okay, well, sure, this guy's probably going to hit a home run because why not? He's the worst hitter in their lineup. He has to go yard. It's annoying to watch. <laughs> I think there's no other word for it. But – I guess the only saving grace is perhaps the Yankees won't win the World Series, as you kind of alluded to. But if they don't win the World Series, it's probably because there's a fairly solid chance that their crosstown rivals sitting over there in Queens, on the other side of the east, on the other side of the East River, are going to win it because the Mets are off to an incredibly hot start. They're at 45 and 24, so they're only five games behind. Five and five and a half. Maybe six, six. six it, would be, yeah, it would be six because they're, they're five behind the win column, but seven in the loss. So it'd be a six game. Yeah. Game. Okay. Yeah. So the Mets are only six games behind the Yankees in terms of win loss record. They're winning at a sixty five percent clip, and they've got. I mean, 
I think the Mets are more impressive, though, because they're 25 and 15 against teams that are over 500 in the year. So they've played a harder schedule. They've, in both teams, are just taking care of their business right now. But what, you know, we talked about the Yankees. Let's shift a little bit. What's most impressive to you about the Mets? You know, I get, we, we spent all this time talking about the team that my guys have to spend forever and a day looking up at. You're trying to chase down these Mets. What do you think of them? Yeah, and so we've played them four times. Uh, we've uh, split the, the four that, that the Braves played against them in, in New York, which was kind of surprised with as bad as the Braves were playing that they were able to do that. So I, I was at least happy to see that. But And I've said this a couple of times at the risk of sounding like a broken record. And I know kids these days don't understand what that means, so um, – uh, to the millennials, I'll say at the risk of sounding like a skipping CD. Or, uh, <laughs> uh, nah, so the, the Mets, what impresses me so much about these guys, honestly, uh, Nate, is it's one thing to have money and decide to go spend the money, right? Like money doesn't always buy championships or buy a good team. But the one thing that the Mets did the underrated move of Canna. Then they added Marte. Um, they put McNeil at second base and left him alone. I played a little bit of left field. But they they gave McNeil an everyday job this year, and he's healthy to start the year. Lindor started better. But the thing about um, the Mets that is impressing me this year is that they have – built a complete roster, a well-rounded roster. In the past, you had their two horses, which was Syndergaard and and DeGrom. Syndergaard more on reputation based on, you know, a solid year when they went to the World Series in, what, 2016, or contended, uh, were right there in the playoffs trying to push to go to the World Series in 16. Uh, but they have not had – their two best arms. Uh, DeGrom hasn't pitched all year. Uh, Scherzer's been out for a large chunk of this season, too. And this team is still winning because they, you know, they have some other guys that are, that are pitching all right. Carrasco's kind of settled in and gotten healthy. Um, and you have some guys that are throwing the ball pretty well. Uh, their bullpen's holding up a lot better. Edwin Diaz got off to uh, a better start this season. But, I mean, honestly, just the fact that this roster is well-rounded, they're getting it done in a lot of ways. They're not just relying on the pitching. Uh, you got professional hitters up and down that lineup that are going to give you quality at bats. And so it used to be that you were scared of their pitching and you knew that if you could put a few runs on the board, you know, a couple crooked numbers, then you were probably going to win, even if DeGrom was on the mound. And that's not the case anymore, right? So I think that's the thing that, that really impresses me is the depth and the quality of that lineup from top to bottom. And not only that, but they're doing a pretty good job defensively. They're doing a good job of catching the ball. they got guys that can cover ground in the outfield. And Brandon Nimmo has kind of bounced back and been healthier this year. He's missed a couple of chunks of time. But this team is just well-rounded. They catch the ball well. Uh, they they play good defense. they got range in the outfield. They, they hit well. They provide quality of bats up and down the lineup. There are not very many places to go in that lineup to look for easy outs. Uh, and so I, I think that's that's the thing that gets me is it's just a quality and a complete team and a team that, you know, the Braves may catch them at some point. Who knows? I, I, I don't know that, uh, that that's really possible. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of season left, and we'll see. But I, I, I still think that uh, we haven't seen – and still we, we see a DeGrom and Scherzer both on the mound and healthy for a chunk of time. Uh, I don't know if we've seen their best. Uh, and if we, if we haven't, that could be scary. This is a formidable contender in the National League. But I'm going to say again, I'm going to tell you the same thing that I said about the, uh, the Yankees. And I could be wrong. And you know what? I'll eat it if I am. I'll, I'll put some hot sauce on those words and find a way to choke them down. I don't think they're going to win either. The World Series, one of the teams may be in it. But I'm going to say right now, I'll take the field over the New York teams as good as they are right now. The World Series Championship, we will not be having a ring night in Queens 
or in the Bronx next spring. I said it. I love it, and I I do think I tend to agree with you because I'm I can't I just can't believe in the Mets until they actually finish it and put it all together. And at the end of the day, we're game we're right around game sixty six to sixty nine, depending on where any get where any team is in it, you know, in their schedule. So there's a lot of baseball to be played. We're not quite, you know, little little under 100 games, so figure a little over or a little under two-thirds of the season still left to play. Anything could happen. The Yankees, you know, we've been talking about them to kick off the show here and how they're just dominating and just running away with things at a pace that has not – that is almost unmatched in baseball history. But do they really strike you as a deep roster? I'm not sure that they do. So if they get a, like, and again, you're never rooting for injuries, but an untimely injury here or there, or if something starts going sideways and things just compound upon themselves, the Yankees can really come back to the pack. Now, on that note about can the Yankees come back to the pack a little bit, they are facing currently the Tampa Bay Rays in Mike, I don't know if you've heard this or seen this headline or not yet. Have you seen Paredes has three home runs? On <laughs> there you go. That's where I was going. I, I Isak Paredes, he went, you know, no big deal. Three at bats to start the game. Three home runs. The Rays currently lead the Yankees five to two. And boy, if this isn't a series that the Rays have to have, if they're going to be serious about being back in contention for a playoff spot, or at the very, if they're going to be serious about pushing for this AL East title, they really need to start making hay with some of these head-to-head matchups against the Yankees. Uh, you know, they, they had a series with them last week, and I, if the Yankees didn't sweep them, they took two out of three down in Tampa, and then the Tampa Bay Rays come up into Baltimore and they – can't put the Orioles away. They end up losing two out of three against the Orioles. So they really started falling back. So it's, you know, maybe this is the point where the Rays start to turn on, but man, have they been hurting. Have you, have you followed or like seen what's been going on with the Rays recently? I'm sorry. I was talking on mute. Uh, I have kind of watched this team. I have kind of watched this team a little bit, and I, you know, it's an interesting team because I, 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 the one thing that I've seen is like Franco hasn't, Wander Franco hasn't been on at the last few games. Is he hurt? I'm not sure. I believe. Uh, what's yeah, that? he's hurt. Well, that that's kind of their thing. Their entire roster is hurt. Even even Kevin Kiermaier is playing hurt because they don't have anybody else that they can put in there. They brought they brought up Vito Brujan and we've heard about his uh, tremendous power all through the minor leagues, and I'm still not convinced that he can hit his weight. Like, can he can his batting average go higher than his actual uh, physical body weight? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> as far as that goes, the guy's got power. He's got some speed. He's got skills, but can he can he get on? But you know, can he do enough to you know uh, dent that or make a difference there? I'm not I'm not quite sure um, if that's you know what's going to happen there uh, with him. But he's getting, and, and part of it may be you know due to those injuries but he's at least getting a, a little bit more of a shot to do that right now. We'll see what happens uh, at the end of the day and see if he can, if he can do that, but, but he's getting, you know, he's getting a shot. So we'll see, but this team, you know, the, the Rays always find a way to get it done and they always find a way to win with whatever pieces that they have. Uh, but this might be the the year that the walls kind of come crashing down in Tampa. I mean, but obviously the future is bright for them. They got a lot of good young arms. They they've done a really good job. I feel like as an organization, uh, developing talent. So I mean, you know, this may just be an off year for them. I don't think they're going to start plummeting or anything yet. Uh, but they need this series 
uh, I want to see what comments you have on the raise, and then I want to go back to something you were just saying in a second. But uh, I want to hear your comments on the raise. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're still kind of top top of mind, fresh of mind since the you know the Orioles did just finish off the series with them. So I spent you know the whole weekend listening to our our uh, local commentators comment, you know, talking about him a little bit. Interesting that you bring up Bruhan because he had himself a nice little series in Baltimore over the weekend. Now he didn't tear the cover off the ball and he wasn't really much of a power hitter, but all he did was he just kept getting those singles. He, he found his way on base. Now, again, this is against Baltimore starting pitching. So whether that's impressive or not, probably not, but they just, for the, the Rays for their last like 10 games, I'd have to, let me, I can't remember off the top of my head what their record is in their last 10, but I know that they have been absolutely struggling. The, uh, the, the pitching has been fine. They, like, nobody is scoring on the Rays. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. And <coughs> all of that, almost all of that is down to the fact that they just cannot score. Randy Rosarina burst onto the scene two years ago when he gets into the playoffs and every, you know, all last year, remember we were talking about it. It was Randy Rosarina is going to be rookie of the year. And it's basically who's going to, the conversation was more about who would finish second in the voting. His second full season, uh, we'll call it year three, since he really did show out in the playoffs in 2019 or 2020. I'm not particularly impressed. Like when he's not playing against, a Baltimore or a Detroit, he's really not that good. He's a very average hitter. Now he's great. He's got great speed and he's great in the outfield defensively. And he's obviously hitting enough that he did win the rookie of the year last year, but it's almost like if he's not playing in Baltimore or he's not playing in the postseason, he can't be bothered to show up. I think it's going to come down. Like the Rays really need to get, Wander Franco about Kelsey and some of their other guys because right now there's just nobody in that lineup that can hit. It's just it, you're basically relying every night on G-Man Choi to get a hold of one. Other than that, it's a bunch of free swingers who, I mean, they got they got no hit by the by that rookie for the Angels for crying out loud when they managed to not strike out, which is another baffling statistic. But they really need to turn around. I'm hoping that tonight with their series against New York, I'm hoping that's a sign of things to come because this AL East is going to be more fun if it's actually a race, but Toronto and Tampa Bay are going to need need to be the ones that, that turn it into one. Yeah, you said there was something that I mentioned that you wanted to comment on. What do we what 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 thought did I spark for you? I think you're on mute again. So you mentioned you mentioned injury. Here we go. No, no, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I was trying to switch, but I couldn't get you to take me off mute on the other one. Uh, so I was, uh, I was. Tr- you mentioned injuries for the Yankees, and they've 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 had to deal with a few already. Um, Stanton been in and out of the lineup, uh, but you know Anthony Rizzo has kind of uh, had a little bit of a renaissance uh, this year. Uh, DJ LeMahieu has been okay. Glaber Torres has been pretty good. Uh, but the, Aaron Judge in a contract year is just having an unconscious season in the plate. That's the guy that if he goes down, this team's in trouble. Now, I say in trouble. That's a very relative term for a team that's 50 and 17, right? Like, uh, right. It, it yeah. maybe allow some teams to kind of get back in the pack a little bit. Uh, Toronto has played a little bit better lately, uh, and Boston's uh, over five hundred. A couple of few games over five hundred right now uh, for the first time this year. So, uh, you know, they there's some other teams in this division that have some pop, but uh, you know, Aaron Judge is the one injury that's going to be that would be really difficult for this team to absorb uh, just because of his ridiculous year. I mean, if you look, Aaron Judge has, what, 25, 26 home runs. And then I think the next best in all of baseball is like 19 or 20 right now. I mean, he's got a good six, seven home run lead on anybody else in baseball right now. And he's just mashing the baseball. Like, contract year, 
what a fantastic season for him so far. But that's the guy, and in the, and they've even endured an injury to their closer, right? And been able to uh, and been able to keep their head above water. So the guy that's even stepped in as the closer for them has been very very good, uh, Holmes, and so. This is a team that this is just, you know, has the makings of a magical season um, in the Bronx for the Yankees. Um, and I still think it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to continue to look like one until the cards, not St. Louis, come crashing down in October in the postseason. Well, uh, but as, they, as they, Dave loves Yeah, I was going to say, as Dave loves to remind us, this roster, this roster is doing exactly what, it's supposed to do right now, right? The weather warms up, their bats heat up, and then once the once the fall rolls back around, he expects everything to cool right off again and everybody to go in the tank. So, you know what, Dave? From Mike and I to you, here's hoping you're right on that one once again. Well, you know, the funny thing is, though, I mean, nobody saw this coming, but I think, I think at the beginning of the season, if you go back and listen to uh, a show that Dave and I did early on, uh, Toward, at the beginning of the season, I would convince him that this team was going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, it's it's a hard life being a Yankees fan, though, because, you know, you go one seat, don't spend any money on free agency, and then now you've all of a sudden, uh, your fans start thinking, oh, you're this just this bargain basement type team that doesn't care about spending money and is letting everybody else outshine you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, when this team more years than not does spend on their players. And I can understand, like, they're concerned about Steinbrenner and whatever. But, I mean, it's one year, guys. <laughs> like, it's not like the Yankees uh, aren't going to really make pushes for the players that they really, really, really want. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but, but it must be hard being a Yankees fan to go one off season and not see your team spend money on one of the top free agents in the uh, – in the game and, and, and fear like maybe the world's ending and our, our dynasty is going to be over or we're not going to ever be uh, serious spenders again. Uh, it, it must be hard. My, my heart bleeds for Yankee fans <laughs> and I'm playing the world's smallest violin. So I have to say though, really quickly, because we are this, once again, this is sports city chefs on blog talk radio, our baseball buffet show. We are over halfway through. This is uh, Nate and I here with you for the next, oh, 25 minutes or so. And so we have a little thread uh, that we bounce ideas, or 28 minutes, excuse me, or so. Um, and, and we have a little thread, and in these messages, we sometimes will we'll shoot topics around and and so Dave loves to say, okay, we're going to start talking about the New York teams and we're going to talk about the Yankees or whatever. And so one night he said, I plan to spend most of the show on the New York teams. And so in the very next message, what did I accuse him of, Nate? Do you remember this? <laughs> I, said, I said, just like most media, East Coast bias. And so <laughs> uh, this is us on Baseball Buffet, uh, you know, in, in the uh, – Spirit of our fearless leader, uh, Dave Jets, uh, uh, practicing and carrying on his East Coast bias. And we have now spent over half of our allotted time this evening on the New York teams with a little skosh of, uh, of Tampa in there. So congratulations, Dave. Your presence is felt even uh, when you're not here. <laughs> and it's just our way of telling, us, telling you how much we appreciate and uh and, and respect you, bro. So there, there you go. Now we have uh, we have four to five and a half other divisions <laughs> and, and things going on in, in the sport of baseball to talk about. And and since we're such so biased towards the East Coast around here, we got to try to squeeze it all in, mate. So uh, <laughs> let's let's. Uh, Let's 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 move away for a minute. Mookie Betts, uh, cracked rib, out for a chunk of time. Uh, Walker Bueller, tightness in the arm. Who knows when he's gonna make his way back? Clayton Kershaw just recently got back, um, but 
as deep as the Dodgers are, and even though they needed their agent's help, I mean, his agent's help to steal Freddie Freeman out of Atlanta to add to their depth and hurt the Braves organization to get him. Uh, I have no hard feelings at all, just for the record. Um, <laughs> I, I think that we're starting to see some chinks a little bit in the armor uh, of the Dodgers. As, as deep as that team is, uh, you've lost your eighth. You've now lost your sort of igniter uh, at the top of that lineup. And so we'll see. I mean, I, I think uh, I'm curious to know, to hear your thoughts on the Dodgers, Nate. I mean, it helps that they're now playing the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, that'll get anybody back up there and keep them going. They are, <laughs> they are still currently sitting first place in their division, although eh, they're tied with San Diego in the – they're they're ahead of San Diego by percentage points, as they like to say. Uh, they are San Diego two more wins, but San Diego still has two more losses, meaning they played four more games. It's kind of weird when the highlight of the Dodgers week is the unveiling of the Sandy Koufax statue, isn't it? Like n- there's really nothing else that jumped to my mind as. Oh, this is a big deal out in out in LA. Like they unveiled the statue and that they just kind of played ball. Oh, go for I it. I got yeah. another chink in the armor. Craig Kimbrell. Craig Kimbrell is oh, oh. like O oh and three this year. He uh he blew a save uh on Sunday on a game that they very easily could have and maybe should have won. Uh, and so the Cleveland Guardians, who uh, offensively are pretty uh, anemic, but they have pitched their way and kind of scrapped their way into second place in that division, thanks to the wonderful managing of Tony Russo in uh, Chicago. And uh, <laughs> so, so they uh, they have uh, you, you know crawled into, into into second place in that division, and. They went into L.A. and won a series, and uh, Chinks are not in the armor. That's impressive for Cleveland, and, and really big for what is still very much, uh, for Cleveland, uh, I would say a relatively young baseball team, right? Uh, so that's a uh, – that's big for them. And I'm uh, – but Craig Kimbrell blew a save. He has, uh, has really kind of struggled some uh, coming out of that bullpen – for them, and I think that, you know, we'll see if he is able to maintain that that spot. Uh, you know, at the back of that bullpen, I'm not sure really what other legit options they have here. You know, what are you going to do? Put Joe Kelly in as a closer? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so uh, you know, we'll see. But we are starting to see. Some chinks in the armor of the Dodgers. I think by the end of the season, they're still going to kind of be there. Uh, but listen, I, I, it, it hurts my heart to see it, right? Like, but they're struggling a little bit. Yeah, any team that's relying on Tyler Anderson to be the workhorse of their rotation—that's, and that's not a, at, <laughs> not, a not exactly a recipe for success. <laughs> what? Yeah, but well, look at his numbers. Oh, he, uh, hey, yeah. he's having a great year. You can't take anything away from him. But him and Gonsolin raise your hand if you like Tony Gon- <laughs> Exactly. I, I, I'm not surprised <laughs> Gonsolin is halfway decent. Like, he's shown sort of flashes. Uh, but I, right. once again, just just like you said about Tyler Anderson, raise your hand if you thought Tony Gonsolin would be 8-0 with a whatever ridiculously uh, microscopic his ERA is right now. Like, he's <laughs> – the two anchors of that pitching rotation have been Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin, and you know they're still hanging out in in first place. Now, by contrast, in that division, man, what a difference Bud Black has made, uh, and and what a difference with the with the Padres. The Padres still, without arguably their most di- no, not arguably. Yeah, no, I will say arguably, and I'll tell you why in a second. But without arguably their most explosive player. Um, you know, are still right there. They're right on the on the Dodgers' heels, and they haven't had Tatis all year. I say arguably, arguably, because 
Tatis is the, the, the young stud who shows all this potential, you know, maybe in one day a 30-30, uh, 40-40 guy. Um, but Manny Machado is still on that roster, right? And so yeah, but I, I don't know that <laughs> – I, 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 I don't know that Tatis has not done enough yet to me to his ceiling may be higher, but he has not done enough yet to me to classify as, as a better player yet than Manny Machado. Manny Machado has got a much better body of work so far. Well, and I think that's absolutely fair. And I can't think of anybody that would argue with you on that one. The only thing about this is, uh, Manny Machado suffered a really nasty-looking ankle injury. He had to be helped off the field over the weekend. So hopefully it's not too bad there. But that could be potentially hazardous to the Padres running here at the top of the NL West. If they're missing both Tatis and Manny Machado and their manager is out uh, after having colon surgery, and I'm pretty sure that they're – interim manager has been missing like a week or two because he's been in COVID protocol. So despite all of that, the Padres still are right there at the top of that division. Now, are they getting look here? Yeah, they're doing, I mean, they're five and five in their last 10. So they're hanging in there, but it helps that the, the Dodgers have also been five and five. So it's really just nobody wants to walk away from the NL West right now. Just like last year, the Dodgers just wanted to let the Giants hang around. And this year looks like the, the Dodgers Giants are and get... the Padres really just want to... Yes, they yeah. just want to let them... Can't let them hang there. <laughs> and the Giant and the Giants are getting healthier. Uh, listen, Jack Peterson's been good. He had another home run tonight. He got his ring last night in Atlanta. Uh they, the Braves showed him a lot of a lot of love, and he hit one of the most impressive foul balls I've ever seen in the top of the ninth inning last night. He hit a ball that would have gone out of Yellowstone. Like it, I think it's still traveling across the Atlantic right now. Uh, it just curved right out of the foul pole, thankfully. Uh, and he, and he hit, hit a solo home run right here. Yeah, to go up yeah. nine seven in that Braves game. This game was, uh, yeah, it's funny how baseball works. So last night. Max Freed threw a gym, him and Logan Webb, match wits for the majority of the game. Braves were up one nothing going to the eighth. Giants tied it. Uh Braves scratched out a run in the ninth to win two to one. And then tonight it was seven to six in the fourth. Right? right. Uh, so uh, just with with two pretty good pitchers on the mound, but these Clafani's always had a tough time pitching in Atlanta. And uh, Spencer Strider, this one you're going to have, you know, when you're young, you're going to have some good and bad outings. It just takes some time. But he's been, he's really kind of helped solidify that five spot in the rotation for, for the Braves as a young guy. I talked about him with you guys at the very beginning of the season before he ever came up. I said I saw him in the spring and he was looking silky. So, uh, yeah. this, this is a good stretch for Atlanta. They got the Giants for four and, the, and then the Dodgers coming in for three. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Really quick, what I will, what I do want to say, just as a contrast, you were mentioning that the Yankees are twenty-one and eight uh, when playing teams over five hundred. Uh, mm-hmm. The Braves just hit a stretch where they had, um, they've had a total of uh, twenty-nine games this season. Um, in their last twenty-nine against teams under, or in their last thirty against teams under five hundred, they've gone twenty-two and eight. So. They've done they've done the same with teams under five hundred that the Yankees have done uh with with teams over. They they really took advantage of that soft spot on their schedule there with that fourteen game win streak. You you beat the teams you're supposed to do you're supposed to beat. And that's how you either uh by the end of the season, that's how you have a chance to get in the playoffs. Is you have to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and then uh match up pretty well with the good ones, right? So uh, the the Braves took advantage of that. So, uh, they kind of, you know, I, I said a couple of times on this show and on other shows in this network that eventually they were going to have to pay the piper for that slow start. And winning 16 out of 18 definitely um, helps with that. So, you know, we'll see moving forward. Hopefully Marcelo soon can, uh, at, at some point, get hot in the second half, which has kind of been, 
uh, custom for him. Uh, really quickly, I don't want to spend uh, much time on this team. I, I do want to go to the other uh, couple of divisions really quickly. Um, but the I, I, right now, I think the the West in the American League is, is Astros, and, and now the Rangers have jumped in the, in the second place because of the skid by the uh, by the because of the skid by the by the Angels. I'm sorry, I got uh, I have I have dogs <laughs> going crazy in my house for no reason, and uh, and they love to wait until I get into right in the middle of of the podcast and then start uh, start clowning. So, but the the Reds, as bad as they are, had a they started two and two to start the year. They went like two and nineteen or something in their next stretch of games, if you take that out, which I understand that you can't, they have pretty much been a 500 team uh, apart from that. So, I mean, they, they had one bad stretch, but they have not been quite as bad uh, uh, apart from that as, as I think some people were fearing. Team has not been, you know, as bad as the A's, for example, or, <laughs> uh, or a couple of other teams yeah. in, in baseball. So, um, the one thing I do want to hit in the central is the Brewers have bounced back from that uh, eight-game losing streak or whatever it was they were on. Uh, they played the Cardinals last night. Corbin Burns really pitched like a second winner last night, right? So he goes uh, seven innings, no runs. I think he had about ten strikeouts, and you had, I mean, listen, the recipe for success for them to get a shutout. You had Burns for seven. You had Devin Williams for one, and Josh Hader back off uh, paternity leave. Congratulations, Josh. Uh, gets the uh, gets the save, and, and they only scratched out two runs. But hey, it works if the uh, opponent doesn't score any. I learned that back in the '90s watching the Atlanta teams for years. Uh, there were some tears that their offense was uh, was pretty bad, but they could pitch. Right. So, uh, but the Brewers have now jumped into first place again in the Central. Uh, two horse races we've talked about before. And then in the American League Central, listen, the Twins are still finding a way, and they're getting some people back. Alex Kirillov is back. Uh, just got back recently. Uh, Luisa Rice is still leading the league in hitting. Uh, Joe Ryan is now making his second start. Uh, he didn't struggle a little bit last time out, uh, but he's still. I don't. So I don't know what the score is tonight, Nate. If you can check on the Twins score, it'd be great. Uh, yep. But but they are. Uh, like I said, Luisa Rice still leading the league and hitting Byron Buxton, still running into some baseballs and hitting them out, uh, and and playing a fantastic center field. Um, so uh, they're in first place. I talked about Cleveland surging into second place uh, in that in that division. White Sox still kind of right around 500, so they haven't collapsed despite their uh, best efforts by their illustrious Hall of Fame manager. Uh, so. But the White Sox, man, they just got Tim Anderson back after being out for a while. But as soon as he comes back, you know, Mankata goes on the DL to make room for him. So, uh, you know, they just have not been able to get everybody uh, completely together. And this guy's going to fall short of my MVP pick, and you guys thought that I was crazy when I threw it out there at the beginning of the season. But Luis Robert is having a pretty solid season uh, in center field for them. Uh, and I, And like I said, I think the – but I, I still think that the White Sox are going to find their way at least to second place in that division. You know, maybe they will. Uh, you asked about the score. Cleveland is currently leading Minnesota 3-2. to two, And I don't know how this is right, but I'm going to take it on. I'm, I'm going to take the math as it is. Cleveland's only a game behind Minnesota right now. So if they win tonight, they will jump into first place, despite the fact that everything. There is no reason this Cleveland team should be in first place. They are 8-13 and 13 against teams with records over 500. Who knows if they hold on tonight, they'll, they'll move up to 9-13. and 13. That would make them the only division leader in all of the – well, scratch that. They would <laughs> – the only other team who is currently – there are two teams – that are leading their division but have losing records against teams with winning records. Those teams are Milwaukee, who is 14-18 against teams over 500. 
Minnesota is 11 and 13 against teams with winning records. And if Cleveland were to win tonight, they would be nine and 13 against teams with winning records. The central divisions in both leagues are, I mean, they're competitive, but they're competitive for a bad reason. (laughs) You compare that to the AL East where you have four teams that are above 500 and the team that is under 500 is still playing 440 baseball. They're also losing currently three nothing to the Nationals in the bottom of the ninth inning. Frustratingly enough, but even that team, the Orioles, you know, they're still twenty one and twenty six against teams with winning records. So there's, I think there's better baseball being played in the AL East than there is in the Central, be it AL or NL. If you were to take I, the I Brewers, definitely... go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just no, going to no, say. No, no, no. It, it's, It's funny to me that if you take the Brewers and you put them in any other division, they are at best the second-best team in that division currently. Some divisions, they're either third, possibly even the fourth team, depending on what division you drop them into. The only other division that the Brewers would currently be winning is the AL Central (laughs) because the Twins just cannot create any separation against the rest of the bad baseball being played in the AL Central. The one, the bright spot, I guess, in the NL Central is you're kind of tuning in the games to watch the players. You're not so much tuning in because you want to watch good baseball. Like, I've I've enjoyed going to a couple of Cubs games at points so far this year because it's kind of fun to watch these, this rebuild in progress with guys like Patrick Wisdom and Frank Schwindel and those kind of guys. I haven't gotten to see Seiya yet because I'm pretty sure Seiya's been hurt. But you see these guys that are coming up, and they're fun to watch. And in the pirate side, you know, they just brought up O'Neill Cruz, who just – he played out <laughs> over the weekend. What was it, 98.7 miles per hour on a throw from shortstop to first base, and then he also just tore the cover off the ball. There's mm-hmm. things okay. to get excited about in the Central, but none of them are the ro- are the complete rosters and the teams that are playing. You're not getting excited about AL Central ball or NL Central ball the way that you're getting excited about the Blue Jays going and playing whoever they're going to play. You're not getting excited about them the way that the Yankees or the Mets are just walking away from their division. Does that make sense? Well, that makes perfect sense, and that's a perfect segue, Mr. Law, into – uh, a couple other things that, that I wanted to make sure to hit on before we get out of here today. And one of them is this past weekend, Riley Green, a guy that we talked about going into the season, uh, makes yep. his major league debut with the Tigers in impressive fashion. Uh, very laid back kid, cool articles about him. Uh, and the, the interesting thing is not only did he play well, but it also – at least for a day or two, seemed to settle down Spencer Torgelson, who's a guy that that we highlighted who's got the power and and has the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark and has a chance to be a special talent. Well, those guys, best friends, my roommates in the minor leagues, uh, and, and they even said that when he got there, Torgelson seemed to really relax and, and feel more at home or whatever. So, and it's interesting to see uh, what kind of effect Riley Green can have, uh, not only as a player and what he does, but on guys around him and, and if, it, if it does really make a positive impact on the other rookie like Torgelson and if this team can find a way to to sort of get going a little bit. Uh, now, Alex Fido sort of uh, messed that up a little bit last night. He got rocked. Uh, but, but seeing Riley Green come up and, you know, you never know when – Sometimes, listen, going to the big show or starting up there can be a little bit overwhelming. And so now that you got, now that Torgelson's got a guy next to him who's uh, by all by reputation a pretty laid back, you know, very easygoing kid. Uh, you know, that one, that one sort of security blanket or piece of comfort may be enough to help him settle in a little bit. So uh, that's a guy that that jumps out to me and, and another rookie we, we've talked talked about a couple other rookies already this year, like Abby Rutschman, Julio Rodriguez, but he's one. And then O'Neill Cruz, right? Like uh, with the pirates. I uh, want to, did he come up yesterday? 
And uh, he did, and he absolutely and made his debut as well, and played very, very well. Um, also, and you know, that's a he's a big shortstop. He's a guy that some people wonder may have to move away, but but he's definitely another rookie that that people are are super excited about. And so to see him in the majors now too. Uh, we have another couple highly touted rookies who have made their their debuts in the game. So, uh, Nate, I'm going to ask you, did you get a chance to see any highlights or anything on Riley Green or O'Neill Cruz this week at all? I watched some of the highlights on O'Neill Cruz only because I have the a strong Pittsburgh connection. And there's also another guy who <laughs> – has been called up, Leover Pedero. I don't know if he's uh, – yeah, he came up and made his debut for the Pirates the other night against the Giants, came straight up from double-A, just hopped right over triple-A. So the Pirates have their two stud shortstop prospects up at the major league level at the same time, way ahead of schedule, mostly because nobody on the Pirates can stay healthy. So you, it's a great combo. Bad baseball to begin with, combined with the injury bug, and now you're at the point where you're bringing your guys up directly from double-A just to have enough warm bodies to be able to field a team. But, hey, it's fun. It's stuff to watch for. And uh, I know we're talking about rookies. I'm going to get sidetracked here for a minute. I just flipped on the Giants-Braves game. Bottom of the seventh, and the Giants, you know, for all the credit that we were just giving them about playing good baseball and hanging around, they just absolutely blow the inning, what well, should have been the inning ending out at second base to, a, to get out of a base with a load of jam. The shortstop just does not catch the baseball. And so the Braves are now back, or it wasn't bases loaded, it was uh, runners on first and third. And the Giants just do not make the play. There are now runners on first and second. The Giants clinging to a one-run lead in the bottom of the seventh. So, there, your Braves just in an absolute shootout right now with the Giants. Let's see who's going to come out on top of that one. But, well, and, and I yeah, want the, go for it. Go, go ahead. I, I want to hit one more rookie, but I want you to finish your point on these guys. Uh, so, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, it's the thing with the rookies across baseball for me is. When they come up, they're exciting when they come up and they make their debuts, and you want to see these guys come up and have big debuts. But it's important to me that we not expect them to all come up and be Hall of Famers for the first six months of their career. Like, these guys are going to come up, they're going to struggle. Like, even if they show out in their first game and go three for three with three home runs, that's not sustainable, and we have to keep that in mind. Like when these rookies end up doing what Torkelson did with Toronto, with uh, Detroit, or they do what Bobby Witt did to start his career with Kansas City, that's just part of being a rookie. And you know, well, as more and more of these young guys come up, we need just temper the expectations and enjoy them for who they are as they come up. Baseball is a game of adjustment, right? And so. That's what it really comes down to uh, is how many times you can adjust and say when, when guys make the adjustment, can you adjust back? Um, and, and I guarantee you now, uh, in today's day and age, where you can watch all the at-bats and everything on the iPad, uh, the adjustments are happening faster than they ever have before. Uh, you're not waiting on a scout to make a phone call or something else, you know, word to uh, get through via telegram or something back in the Bay Bruce days, right? If a guy's having trouble with a pitch low and away, I guarantee you that the, the news that, that that's happening is definitely going to beat him to the ballpark the next day uh, and, and into the other uh, clubhouse, right? So, and, and so, and and in the major leagues, man, they will make you adjust. They they will keep doing something to you until you show them that you can adjust and and, and handle it. Um, but the one guy. My expectations were very, very tempered for this kid uh, when he first came up. But I'm going to tell you really quick, Nate, before we uh, get ready to wrap up tonight, I am super impressed, uh, even on this last road trip with Michael Harris. Uh, Michael Harris is covering a ton of ground in center field. He's got a rocket arm. He made a great throw tonight at the plate. Uh, the guy was initially called out. He did slide his foot in there, but it was not by default uh, because Harris didn't make, make, the, uh, make the throw. Uh, and here's the other thing. He's a young hitter. He's uh, uh, 
I believe he's a left-handed hitter. I need to double check that. Uh, but he's wearing out left field. Uh, so he's been, yeah, he's even being able to go the opposite way. Uh, even he hit three home runs on that road trip. He's starting to really find his rhythm. He was hitting 300 in the minor leagues, but he's another guy who jumped straight over double A. He impressed everybody a couple of years ago uh, in spring and then kind of struggled last year, maybe under the weight of the expectations. Uh, then he uh, later in the year he got demo- uh, promoted to double A and really started to kind of catch fire. Started there this year. And then the Braves just needed better defense in center field. So they brought him up and they said, we're going to put you in center field and let you hit nice and just let you learn on the job. Uh, but this guy has really impressed. And Michael Harris has the making um, and the look to, uh, of a young bona fide star and a guy that can be there for a long time. It'll be really interesting to see how it pans out. Um, but Michael Harris is the reason why the Braves are okay trading Kristen Pache over to the uh, over to the Oakland A's and, and putting him in the Matt Olson deal uh, because his bat is going to play much better than than Pache's ever will probably, and he's a very athletic center uh, fielder. And so I'm really impressed with what he's been able to bring to the table um, in center field for Atlanta just in the short time that he's been up. So we are coming close. We are right around the time that we're going to get out of here. Uh, luckily, um, we have uh, scheduled out at least. So uh, at times, if we get excited or continue to go, we can go 90 minutes like we did for you guys last week. But I think the really big benefit of doing that is so I don't look stupid and get shut off like I did a few weeks ago. Uh, the closing was a lot better. Uh, the closing was a lot better last time uh, that I was uh, kind of in the uh, anchor in this. And thanks to you, Dave, for uh, pushing all the buttons and handling it. I mean, thanks to you, Nate. I just did that to you again. I did that at the end of the show. I call you the right name, and then we get to the very end, and then I don't know what happens to me. Uh, call it old age, I don't know. Uh, but we get thanks to you, Nate, for uh, handling the board and, and, and doing all that stuff and pushing the buttons and, uh, and making sure that, that we're coming through on the air and everything tonight. So uh, appreciate you taking care of those little details. And so really quickly before we get out of here, I'm going to come to you first, uh, Nate, and ask you to give like a parting shot or a closing comment. Uh, to wrap it up for this week, and then uh, and then I'll close uh, after you, and we'll we'll get everybody out of here. We're we're a couple minutes past, and I know you got to get to your nightly stuff, so I'll be very brief with my closing comments as well. But I'm gonna throw it to you first, and ask you to give your uh, closing remarks. Yeah, been another great week talking baseball. It's always fun to come on here and do this with do this with you, Mike. Love it even more when we are able to get David here and have all three of us just kind of going back and forth, trading all the barbs. Always look forward to it. Always looking forward to it again next week. Let's see where the league goes in the next week of baseball. Check everybody out at Sports City Chefs, everything. Check out the website. Check out the blog, the Twitter, all the social media handles. There's all kind of great stuff. Mike's going to give you a rundown of all the other shows because I lose track of them all. More importantly, another reminder that our show this week and every week is brought to you by the PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high-quality clothing for the great fans of Philadelphia. The original designs for all. There's no doubt you'll stand out in the crowd. When you go to PHI Apparel, be sure to use our promo code CHEFS, that's C-H-E-F-S, to get 15% off for all of your, when you shop online, for all of your Philly gear. That's phiapparel.co, not com. Go over there, check them out. Gear up for your Phillies. Gear up for all of your Philly fans. And gear up for their run as they make a push towards the postseason. Although I don't know if they're going to run down the Braves or the Mets, but who knows? They're like the one team that actually fired their manager and actually worked out with it. But hey, good luck Philly. Good luck to all the baseball teams out there as we go through another week. I've said enough for this week. Mike, take us home. Uh, appreciate it, man. And. Much respect to you, Nate. I very much enjoyed doing the, the show with uh, with you and Nate. I know that with you and Dave, I did it again. You guys have uh, you guys have, have done a really good job with this. I I definitely you know I last year I kind of came on and, and 
traded barbs and you guys kind of cut me loose, but I, I kept showing up and uh, I, I don't feel like an outsider anymore. I definitely feel like part of the group and I very much enjoy uh, doing the baseball buffet with you guys. And I appreciate you guys uh, making me feel welcome and, and an intricate part of the group. So uh, much and, and gratitude to you both for that. Uh, he told you about the website, the blogs and, and the social media handles. We also have other shows uh, I told you about the Sunday morning brunch with Timeless stuff, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern time. And then we also have the callers cookout on Wednesday nights at 9 Eastern, same time as this show that we're doing on Tuesdays. And remember, uh, not only can you listen to us live, but you can listen to us to the podcast. Uh, if you were to stay after we go off the air, uh, it may not be until tomorrow before it's available, but if you ask A-L-E-X-A, I don't want mine to go off because I got the Blaze game on it right now, uh, but if you ask it to play Sports City Chef, it'll play the most recent uh, show that we've done. And so if, if you play it tomorrow, it'll tell you what number episode. And then if you decide, well, I want to hear what Timeless and Mike were talking about on Sunday, would that be in the show? You could just ask it to play uh, the previous show, and it will go back a show for you. So, uh, you can listen to us on uh, uh, Google Home, ALEXA, and any other smart speakers that you might have, your Amazon devices, whatever, or anything that you uh, download your podcast on. You can uh, also come back and check us out later on. So uh, click subscribe. Any all these subscri- any subscriptions to our podcast, anybody uh, taking the time to listen, even if you weren't able to uh, listen live, that definitely helps us out and benefits us. So much appreciation there and and check us out man and then also the barbershop on clubhouse timeless and, and groove founded that we're uh working on getting to twelve thousand there uh lots of rooms all kinds of things talked about sports talk uh hip-hop culture things in the news whatever uh we were talking today about uh the unfortunate death of young caleb swanigan uh, you know, just 25 years old, and we were talking about some of the things going on with the sound watch and other things happening in the world. So uh, check out the Barbershop on Clubhouse. Uh, check out all the different shows that we have. And once again, respect to all the chefs. Much love to Timeless. Without him, I wouldn't be here, man. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. And as they always say in Louisiana, let the good times roll on the baseball diamond and around this great country and world, and we will talk to you in a week. Good night, everybody. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.